Uh, right, now we go out to Chennai on our, in the latest of our episodes of Hotel Rooms Around the World. Um, and today, reporting for us on a really nice-looking hotel with some lovely curtains, we have uh, England's Chris Wokes. Chris, how are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. Thanks for having me on. Um, currently in six-day isolation period. So, um, yeah, just cracking on with that and trying to keep relatively busy and... Um, yeah, that's it really. Just looking forward to getting back amongst it. It's, uh, you know, it's become part and parcel of touring now, this isolation business. But um, yeah, we're all good. All good here. Thanks. First of all, we've got to ask, how, how are you feeling? Because um, uh, obviously you, you, you were, were self-isolating when uh, arrived in Sri Lanka. Um, all good now? Yeah, all good. All good. Um, yeah, that was a bit of a, a, bit of a shame, really, I suppose. Um, the situation with me being in close contact with Moeen. Um, obviously him testing positive so uh, yeah that was an unexpected quarantine uh, like we the team did two or three days I think it was uh, and I ended up doing about a week or so so that was a bit annoying and a bit frustrating but kind of get your head around it um, you know it's the crazy times that we're everyone's living through at the minute so um, yeah I mean I'm fine personally I, I didn't test positive and thankfully um, you know had no symptoms or anything so uh yeah, it was good to uh, be a part of that Schwanker tour, finally, once I got out of my room. Um, and obviously the boys did really well. So, um, yeah, it's been good. All good, thanks. Tales we've been for, Go fortunate on. enough to speak to um, speak to Shane Watson um, a couple of months ago now. Um, and he suggested that he didn't even have a key for his room when he was in isolation. Are you allowed out of your room? Yeah, no, no. So, um, I mean, I do have a key because I had to get in. But... Um, other than that, I literally have not left my room and uh, we're not allowed to until I believe we're allowed to leave um, just to use like a, a gym facility uh, after day three if we have all our test results uh, back back negative. So, um, yeah, that's all really. I mean, you kind of get a bit fed up with you with the hotel room, but um, you know, everyone's in the same situation. So we've, we've had a few Zoom sessions where we were... Uh, Having to keep keep fit with the physios and the uh, and the S and Cs, so they're they're keeping us on our toes anyway. I saw Jimmy had a skipping rope in his room and was doing a few. Uh... <laughs> yeah, well, to be honest, we, we've not long finished one. About an hour ago, we had a uh, a session with you know, skipping was part of the part of the drill along with some uh, some other stuff. But um, yeah, there's a few of us that aren't exactly great at skipping. Um, to be honest, needs a bit a bit of work. So how how's that how's what's all the the thoughts ahead of it's a a big tour of of India ahead is it five tests four T20s and three ODIs um obviously tails up after Sri Lanka but India are going to be um, a big prospect after their success in Australia yeah no definitely I mean whenever you turn up in India to play India at cricket you expect a, a real tough challenge um, you know we know how good they are um, you know I suppose. You know them going to Australia and turning Australia over in their conditions is, you know, an incredible feat. But um, you know, whenever you come to the subcontinent, um, it's, a, it's a tricky place to tour at the best of times. Let alone when they're on the form that they are. So um, we know it's a big, you know, a big task ahead of us. But everyone's excited. I think, um, you know, what we showed in Sri Lanka as a squad, um, you know, the depth that we've got and the way that we played in those conditions. I think. Um, you know, shows that we've got the game to to perform in India. Um, you know, no offence to Sri Lanka. We know India are going to be a bit of a tougher test. But at the same time, we feel that we've got the the squad and the capabilities to go out there and, and cause an upset, hopefully. Because I don't think, you know, too many really expect England to come to India and, and perform too well. So, 
you know, we're excited about the challenge ahead, yeah. It opens the door to a lot of, uh, new, with this sort of squad rotation, obviously, in this COVID environment, um, it does open the door to uh, a lot of newer players. We've seen Dan Lawrence make quite a confident debut in Sri Lanka, but, um, you know, waiting in the wings is people like Ben Folks, uh, uh, and, and as you mentioned, you, you could make mowing um, that could be featuring uh, in India. So, you know, for once, England are looking good. There's a real strength in depth right across all formats, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Um, I think, like you touched on there, you know, the guys that, I mean, it's amazing isn't it, how I, I perceive people making their debuts now, how confident the players seem to be. You know, they come in and they just perform almost from, from day one. Um, you know, they certainly seem to have that sort of, I suppose, like hardened cricket experience behind them. As young players, they come in, it's almost like they've been playing the game for 10 years already. Um, you know, Dan showed that in his first performance as well. Um, you know, there's no fear, which is great. Um, you know, I look back to when I made my debut, I was, I was shitting bricks, to be honest. Is <laughs> my language, but you know, these guys seem to come in and, and have no nerves. I'm sure they do, but they don't tend to show it too well. And, um, you know, they perform really well, which is great. Um, so, yeah, we've got great depth. Um, and like you touched on, I think in these current times, in COVID times, you know, you're going to need good squads to, you know, to make sure that you perform well, you know, particularly when you come on tour. We've got good, you know, strong 24, I think there's 24 players here, including some reserves. So, you know, and, and to be brutally honest, you know, if there was injuries, any one of those players could step up and perform well. So, um, yeah, we're in a really good place as a team across the board. You're a bit of a veteran of the England squad now. Is it 10 years that uh, you since your debut you just mentioned there? Yeah, that's it, Dan. Thanks for reminding me. I, uh, <laughs> certainly, you know, when you see these guys come in, I, Sam, Sam Curran, one of them, you know, he's been around the squad for a good few years now. Um, I think he's only just turned 22. And, you know, it's amazing, really, to think, you know, these guys that are so young come in and, and perform so well from, from, the, from the get-go. Um, you know, I certainly do feel old sometimes, but there's still a few few that have passed me. You know, I, I look up to the likes of Brody and Jimmy and, you know, they've obviously got a few years on me and they're, um, you know, to be honest, they're still in their peak. They're still absolutely flying. There's no sign of them t tapering off at all. So, um, you know, it, that that for me is, is a great thing to kind of remember. And, you know, I look up to those guys and think that I hopefully I've still got many years ahead of me, but... You know, I don't know where 10 years have gone. It feels like it's gone really quick and uh, in the blink of an eye, but certainly enjoyed it, that is for sure. It's an interesting period in the England team as well because it, you, you'd have seen some astonishing highs, but some pretty low moments with the England squad as well. I'm, I'm thinking about the 2015 World Cup, for example. Yeah, yeah definitely. I, I think throughout your you know, international career at the high level, you, you're always going to have some some good times and some bad times. Um, you know, as you touched on there, 2015 World Cup was a pretty tough one to take. Um, you know, we, you know, since then, obviously, we've we've come on leaps and bounds in that in that format. Obviously, proving that with the you know the year we had 2019 World Cup, but you know that was a tough time. Um, and it's great to have been on that journey with the team. You know, you know there's a lot of cliches about there that the you know, the bad times kind of make you who you are as a person and as teams and stuff. And that's certainly the case with that, that one day team. It was a big change and turning point in, in England cricket's history in ODI cricket, I suppose, you know, there was change needed to happen. And, you know, thankfully I was a part of that change and, and have moved through those tough times into the, into the good. So, um, yeah, really pleasing, you know, 
you do take on those those challenges and thankfully come through the other side of them. So I've just got Ravi Bapara on the other line. Um, I better call him back in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm good, mate. I'll take it, mate. So get on well with Ravi. So yeah. No issues there. No issues there. <laughs> yeah, he's out in Abu Dhabi at this T10 at the moment. I was watching that yesterday. Yeah, I saw him, saw him whacking its all parts on TV last night. So um, yeah, good to see him doing well. <laughs> So of those ten years, what is I would I would guess I know the answer to this, but um, what has been your 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 highlight? Let's not dwell on the negatives. What, what has been your absolute yeah. highlight? Yeah, I mean, I mean the obvious one is obviously 2019, the World Cup win. Um, but you know, it's hard to see past you know a few other games for me. Um, I mean, it's probably hard to say this because the 2009 World Cup final was obviously the the one that everyone remembers. But the semi final for me is probably the one of my favourite games of my career, um, you know, thumping the Aussies um, at Edgebast in a semi-final of a World Cup for me, home ground um, as a local lad was kind of something which will stay with me forever, really. Um, I had a good day myself as well, which always topped it off. It was the first kind of real game where I played at Edgebast for England where I really felt um, kind of the team, sorry, the, the crowd really behind me as a, as a personal individual player. So, that was a real nice feeling. Um, but I can't see past my, my debuts either. They're, they're moments that you really you really work hard for as a player. And you, they're, they're the moments that you kind of you know, think will never happen. You know, when you're a young lad learning your trade as a cricketer, um, you never feel like you, you're ever going to quite make it to, to that international level. So to actually receive the cap, receive the jumpers um, and walk out, as an England player for the first time, those those memories are the ones which are hard to top as well. Who gave you your cap? Obviously, there's a lot of focus now on the, the that kind of speech, and I think James yeah. Foster was going to Dan Lock the other week. Who gave you yours? Yeah, so um, my one day and T20 caps were were given to me by by the captains at the time. T20 captain was Paul Collingwood, um, and the ODI captain at the time was Andrew Strauss. Uh, which is obviously great to receive it off two two legends of, of England cricket. Um, but then my test cap was handed to me by by Beefy, um, which is pretty special, really. Um, you know, obviously an absolute legend of England cricket, a legend of the game, great personality, uh, great character. Um, the, I suppose the only downside to that was the fact that he kind of I shared my debut with with Simon Kerrigan, um, and he handed us out both our caps at the same time. So it wasn't like he wasn't like solely focused on on yourself and gave you like a massive speech. So, you know, that, that's probably the only downside to it. But I mean, what a, a great player and a great um, person to have received a, a cap off. Yeah, definitely. It's funny you talk about that. Um, I was talking to uh, Paul Newman from the Daily Mail um, the other day. And right. um, here's an interesting one. So you said, that, you know, you, you weren't the only one. When when Jimmy got his first cap, do you know who he was yeah. standing next? Someone else got their first cap that day as well. Do you know who that was? Oh my god! I mean, what sort of year is that? It's like two thousand eighteen seventy four. Two thousand four was it? Huh? Did he make his debut that early? What year two, did he make? Yeah, early two thousand, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah oh god, I, I've no idea. You're going to surprise me with someone here. Chris Silverwood. Was it really? Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> well, that, oh, that's that, that puts things in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and he's still to, to think that he's still going strong now. I mean, 
Spoons, obviously, as head coach now, the yeah. difference between the is ridiculous. And he moans about when he was getting his cap, it wasn't quite so special because there was someone else there. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. But Webby and I were talking last night on the show and um, it nearly, nearly didn't happen for you in terms of cricket when you were a teenager. Do you want to talk to us about that? Yeah, um, yeah, it didn't really. I mean, I was a big, I'm a big football fan, and I still am, really. Um, and football's always been my passion, um, and it still is, to be honest with you. I take football over cricket every day of the week. Um, but I think as a as a as a teenager and as a youngster growing up, football was something which I always wanted to do. I was actually I was half decent, I'll say, um, and I was I was signed with Warsaw till I was sixteen. Um, and when I was 13, I kind of started improving at cricket. Um, I got offered to go on the academy at Warwickshire. Um, was Paul Merson at Walsall then? Um, no, he was no. It was after. It was after oh. that. He would have been. It was probably more towards the years of when I was about 16, 17 that Merson was there. Um, I was trying to think of the head coach at the time. Graydon was it? Graydon? I don't know. Anyway. Um, so yeah, I, and just at that age, around 13, 14, I was um, I was getting better at cricket. Uh, I was playing with older age groups uh, with cricket, and at football, I was kind of just, I suppose, I stagnated a little bit. I, you know, I wasn't improving at the rate that I had done in previous years, um, and it just got to a point where I was enjoying cricket a lot more, and um, I realised that I had an opportunity to maybe, you know, pursue that a little bit more and take that a little bit more seriously, and and throw you know, all my eggs into that basket rather than kind of sharing the workload. Um, so, th- yeah, that was it, really. I mean, there's part of me that kind of thinks, you know, what would have happened with football? Would I have gone anywhere? Maybe not. Maybe I would have done. Um, but, you know, I mean, sitting here now as a as a World Cup winner, I'm probably <laughs> pretty certain I made the right choice. So if Villa had come knocking, would that have changed your career? Uh, every chance, potentially, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that would have been a tough one to turn down. Um, yeah, I did go for a trial at Villa when I was like 10 um, and I, I didn't get picked up. But um, it was it was one of those that if, you know, had, had Villa come knocking a bit later on when I was a little bit older, maybe I'd give that a bit more of a, more of a go. Um, yeah, that would have been a tough one to turn down. <laughs> it's not worked out too bad anyway, is it? So, you know. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I think. I always think that to myself. And I speak to my dad about that. And my old man was like, you know, you didn't make it too bad of a of a choice there. Um, I, just touch on that. My, my my parents were great with me at the time because, you know, you throw everything into your kids and then made, you know, took me dad's taxi for years, driving me to football matches. And then for me to turn around one day and say, you know, I'm not, not really feeling it. And, you know, I'm keen to give cricket a bit more of a nudge. Um, they were very good. They were just understanding and said, look, whatever you want to do, we'll, we'll, we'll back you. So, um, you know, I have a lot to thank them for as well. Let's bring you back to cricket a little bit. We've had a few Aussies on the show. We've had uh, Michael Bevan was on last week. We've had um, Mark War. We had uh, Shane Watson that Webby just mentioned. Um, yeah. And we've had their perspective on the Ashes. Now, as an England man yourself, and having taken part in a few Ashes tussles, just tell us what the Ashes means to, to England and, and, and the players. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, for an England cricketer, it's the ultimate challenge, I think, and the the pinnacle of, of the game um, to go head-to-head with the Aussies in the Red Bull format. 
you know, don't get me wrong, we have some great white ball games with them as well. But I think in the test arena, um, which for me is still, you know, the pinnacle, regardless, you know, against Australia or not, I mean, test cricket is, is such a great game, a great sport and a great contest. And I think that's what Nash's series produces. You know, it's, it's five days of a test match across five test matches across, what, two months of, of, of the year. Um, it's a long stretch and, you know, across five test matches and, and five days in each, you get whoever wins, you know, is deserved winners. And amongst that, obviously, there's little battles here and there, you know, certain bowlers against certain batters. Um, you know, the fans clearly get behind each other's teams. Um, I think just as an England cricketer, is the pinnacle and to play in it, you do feel that sort of intense rivalry not only for yourself but also for the people watching um and it really does kind of galvanate i suppose the nation a little bit especially cricket lovers um so i think as a cricketer to be a part of that it's great to be in the mix great to be in the battle and yeah as i said it's the true test so to to come up against them and and hopefully whenever you play them you beat them you know which is hard because they always produce a good team as do we but um you know, it's the true test of a cricketer, I think, and you know, it shows how how good you can be, or you know, whether you get found out a little bit. That's, that comes at the end of this year, and it's a it's a massively busy year uh, for England. We were looking at the calendar. Um, obviously, yeah. um, Sri Lanka's under your belt now. You've got this um, heavy Indian tour, uh, and then New Zealand and India uh, on home soil in the summer. There's a lot of cricket uh, to be played ahead of the Ashes. Um, I suppose it's a balance between proving yourself and, and keeping your fitness with so much to, uh, you know, in the domestic season as well. Yeah, it is. It's, um, yeah, the international schedule just seems to get busier and busier every year um, and has done over the last few years. Um, and it's like you touched on there, it's kind of making sure you keep yourself relatively fresh. Um, you know, at the same time, you don't want to be, be undercooked. You don't want to give yourself too much rest. You want to, you know, players are keen to keep playing, I think. Um, you know, it's when you stop sometimes that makes it hard to get going again. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, it is great to have so much cricket, but I think what's so unique about this year is that you're coming up against such quality opposition throughout the whole of the, the whole of the year. Um, you know, as you've touched on, we've already had the two tests in Sri Lanka. Um, we've got four now coming up to India along with the white ball tour. Um, some lads and quite a few lads will go to IPL. Um, followed by two against New Zealand, who are now number one in the world. That's right. Uh, which won't be easy at all. Um, followed by five against India at home, <laughs> and then back of it at the back of it another Ashes series down under. So, you know that really is intense cricket. You know that's you know it's not by any means. Do you look at those and think you know there's there's a series where you think oh yeah well we should win that two 0 or you know we should easily you know. Be, be winners in that or anything you know or every series is going to be hardly fought and, and competitive and going to need everyone or a lot of players to be at the top of their game so um, it's one of those where you just have to kind of take it series by series be very kind of I suppose very cliche about the fact that you go kind of look too far ahead and you know the ashes obviously is in the back of everyone's minds but there's a hell of a lot of cricket before that and um, you know we've got to kind of build up some momentum win some series and and kind of take the momentum into Australia at the end of the year. Otherwise, you know, it could be a tough talk. Now, I know um, even in non-COVID times, um, 
there's a lot of, with all the touring and the schedules, there's a lot of time spent in hotels. And I've found out that in years gone by, um, a FIFA league has been a big part of, uh, of the England camp. Is, is there one going yeah. on at the moment? So FIFA's kind of been taken over by Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> the, the, the boys are mad for it. Honestly, I'm not... Oh, it's, it's incredible. How, much, how many hours do the boys put into, um, into Call of Duty now is, is incredible. It really is. I mean, it's quite special watching some of the guys play. I mean, there's, some of them are, are very, very good. Um, me not being one of them. But, um, you know, the FIFA, FIFA used to be the go-to. Yeah, yeah they used to be the FIFA leagues and, you know, it got very competitive and, and that now. But, um, yeah, it's been switched for COD for, uh, for this Warzone game where, uh, yeah, the guys get competitive with that as well. But um, Who are the best ones about, at that? Uh, top, top three, I'd probably say Stokes, Joffre, <laughs> uh, uh, Stokes, Joffre, and oh, I don't know. I've, I've, Ollie, Ollie Stone's pretty good as well, actually. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, St- I mean, Stokes has got to a stage where where he's streaming it online now. Um, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, the guys are taking it seriously, as you can tell. Must be good having those guys back uh, in the fold after uh, being rested for Sri Lanka. Um, yeah. Make a big difference I mean, on and off the pitch, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, two two massive players for England, aren't they, across all formats? Um, you know, which is why they need you know to to be looked after and and have a bit of rest here and there. And I think in the current times, obviously with with COVID and you know isolation periods, quarantine, things like that, I think it's important to to make sure guys get that rest and downtime more for just a mental break than the physical break. I think um, you know we've got families going through lockdown at home that, that you are obviously obviously dealing with as well. And, you know, it's looking after your loved ones as well, just as much as it is yourself. So, um, you know, that's really important, but great to have them back. You know, that'll be a, a huge boost to the group. Um, you know, the, the guys have got plenty of confidence as well, obviously coming from Tranker and winning there, but, you know, adding Stokes and Joffre and, and Rory Burns to the group as well, you know, three quality players there. So, um, you know, that will hopefully will have a huge impact on us, hopefully having a good series out here in the According to your Instagram page, Stokesy's happy to have your uh, your beard close to yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, I think Stokes is. I think Stokes is a bit obsessed with my beard. I told him that. I said to him once, said, "Man, I'm going to whip it off," and he was like, he looked at me with the most angry face I think I've ever seen him have. And I was like, "Whoa, I don't think I'm, I'm never going to ever shave this off. Otherwise, I might have to deal with the wrath of Stokes." Um, but yeah, he's happy with it, so I'm, um, it, it's staying for a while. We saw Liam Plunkett. Um... Last year, when uh, oh sorry, earlier in the yeah, it was last year. God, well, I'm losing my track completely. Uh, in the it's first lockdown, yeah, um, and he 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 had some serious beard and hair action going on. Um, I think he's yeah. got really well trimmed it all back now, but uh, yeah, yeah, it seems to be one of the features of lockdown. My barnet's gone completely mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, some some people can't grow it, can they? So you got to take it, take it where you can. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, I maintain that I could if I wanted to. I just choose not to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, Chris. Um, I think we'll wind up. Uh, we're really grateful that uh, you, you could spend some time and uh, and, and chatting to us. And uh, how, how much more um, isolation have you got to do? Um, so oh, I've lost track of time as well. We uh, this is day three for us arriving from Sri Lanka. Um, and we've got to do six, I think. So, um, 
yeah, I think, I think we're allowed that Monday or Monday afternoon after another, we're going to the round of, of COVID tests in a couple of days. So um, if they all come back safe and sound, then um, I think we'll be good to go from, from Monday. So it uh, be good to get back out there. I think, I mean, test match is only around the corner, so we need to get out sooner rather than later. That's right. That's right. Well, um, recommend us to all your friends. We'd, we'd love to speak to some of the other chaps and get to... Uh, well, their, their 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 opinions and views on what's going on um and uh, and good luck with the uh, call of duty and uh <laughs> <laughs> i need it i need it i'm so bad i'm so bad so and, I, need, um, I need all yeah as we ask everyone uh, if you could think of a, a musical request for us to play that would be great and uh, uh let us yeah. know and we will spin that on the show because uh, we, we do like to play a bit of music and it is quite interesting to see what people's uh, musical taste to be are. honest to be honest, my music tastes are a bit, bit, bit um, here and there. I'm, I'm happy with anything, so I'm going to throw it back. If, you, if you're happy to throw it back, a few years, I go with a yeah. bit of Bon Jovi. Bon yeah. Jovi, living on the air. It's my favourite of all time. It's my wife's favourite as well, so she'll be happy. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right, all the way from Chennai, uh, and good luck uh, against India, Chris. Um, it's good to see you back and uh, and fit, and we hope you have a, a great tour. And um, we'll be looking forward to, to following your progress. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Been good.